So I'm, I'm trying something a little bit different tonight. Um, trying to get all fancy and technological. Um, and a, a different way of, of doing my message and my PowerPoint and everything. But what, what's re really, really cool about this is uh, you use electronics, um, like the any Logos Bible um, apps or the Life Application Bible app or any of that stuff. If you download that and join our group, you can actually follow along in our message and everything. It's, it's really neat if you can add dates for any of the stuff that, like announcements that we have, or if you don't want to look up the scripture, you just push a button and your scripture automatically comes up. So I don't want to like get you lazy or anything. But so I'm trying it, and if it doesn't work, um, <coughs> it's Mike's fault. So um, we're we're gonna we're gonna try that and everything. Um, if you notice on your bulletins, it probably says something about um, we're going into like I think we're still in Exodus. Or something like that, or yeah. what you did. Um, guess what? No, <laughs> no, we're not. I'm, I'm the senior pastor, and I can be pastor, and I can. Said I, can I said it. You said it. You said it. You did. I know. It's because I'm feeling older today. But um, I just, I just started thinking about this whole idea that um, if you didn't know, Wednesday was Ash Wednesday, and Lent has begun. The Lent season has begun. And everything, and so often we just kind of rush through and get to Easter and and, and have our Easter service and have our Easter egg hunts and then go eat our ham and our family gatherings and stuff. That we miss all that Easter is. And I just I just really feel like we need to take time and travel this. And so we are jumping out of our um, our story where we're going through Exodus and the Old Testament and all that stuff for the next couple of weeks. We're going to jump out of that. And we're going to do a serious news because there is nothing, nothing more important to our faith and, and to this world than the death and the resurrection of Jesus. I mean, everything hinges on that. And so we want to make sure. In fact, uh, a guy named Watchman Nee said this. He was he was a preacher and he was he, he was in prison and died in prison. But he said this. Our old history ends with the cross. Our new history begins with the resurrection. And so I want to encourage us over the next couple of weeks, and as we travel through Easter, that we start thinking about all that Easter means. All that it cost Jesus, and all that we've gained from it. And so tonight, that's what we're going to do, and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to do it. So I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this, this whole idea about giving it up. Um, if, if you don't know what Lent is, if you've never experienced Lent, we always like choose something for 40 days that we give up or something, and, and just a sacrifice in some way. And so the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about different things that we need to give up, and, and different things that we need to just kind of just let go of as we travel into Easter. So we pray with me, God. I just thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for the opportunity for us to gather. God, I thank you for old friends. I thank you for new friends. Um, God, you knew exactly who was going to be here. And God, you know exactly what needs to be said tonight. And so, Father, I just ask that you would speak. Um, God, my words mean absolutely nothing. But it is your words. And so, God, just move me out of the way. And you just have your way. Do whatever you want, however you want, with whoever you want. And God, may you receive all of it. We love you, and we praise you, and we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to start this idea 
with the idea of giving up control. Um, <clears throat> are there any control freaks in here? I mean, anybody control freaks? I, let's let's just find out. Let's let's find out who wants the remote. We like the idea of control. We like the idea that we're in charge and that we have all we have everything under us. That we can take care of it, that we can we can run it, we can manage it, we can we can own it, we can do all that stuff, and we have this simple little idea that we are in control. And, and the honest truth is more times than not, we are not in control. <laughs> I mean, this is a crazy world. I love A.W. Tozer <coughs> excuse me, says this. The reason why many are still troubled, still seeking, still making little forward progress is because they haven't yet come to the end of themselves. We're still trying to give orders and interfering with God's work within us. I mean, just think about that for a second. I, we are so about being in charge. We are so about doing things our way, and then we get frustrated. And, 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 and we struggle and wonder, well, why is my faith not working? Or why is my faith not like fulfilling me? Or why is my life in this issue or that issue or that issue? Because there are so many other voices and so many distractions in our life that just keep coming at us, keep coming at us. And it comes down to this idea of surrender. And none of us like that word. None of us like the word Surrender. Because to us, we just picture the movies and stuff. Raise a white flag, I quit, I give up, and everything. But the, the simple question tonight is, if you're in charge of your life, how's it going? If, if you are in total control, then how are things handling for you? How are things going for you? Because this idea of control, it, it's, not, it's not a new one. In fact, let's go back to how it all began. If you have your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, um, we're going to be starting at verse 15. And I want you to hear how good we had it. It says that the Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for on the day you eat from it, you will certainly die. I mean, here's this picture, this perfect, wonderful, I mean, Disney couldn't do it. It is this magical, perfect place where God just places man. He places Adam. He just sits there and says, this is all yours. Have fun. Go climb trees. Go swing from vines. Go run around. Do everything. Do whatever you want. You can eat from everything. I only got one rule. Don't Eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's it. One rule. And all this is yours. Jump over to chapter 3. doesn't last very long. It says, Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden. But about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or touch it, or you will die. No, you will not die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Then the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and delightful to look at, 
and that it was desirable for attaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. Okay, first of all, guys, I, I just want you to know, I know a lot of times Eve gets a bad rap here. That it's like, well, if Eve didn't eat the fruit, man, we'd still have the garden. Everything would be awesome. It would be just great. Everything. Adam was sitting there watching the whole time. And, and, and if you know the story, you know the rest of the story that God came down looking for looking for Adam. And he says, you know, where are you? I'm walking in the pool of day. Where, where is, where'd you go? And they're like, we hid because we were naked. And me and the guy's like, well, why? 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 How do you know you're naked? What did you do? And I love from the very beginning, from the start of the fall, we have been passing blame on. Instead of taking responsibility. Right right then. Right then looks at Adam and says, what did you do? It was the woman you gave me. <laughs> Eve, what did you do? It was the serpent. As a serpent, what did you do? And the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> Zach, I need you up here on the bottom. <laughs> but there, there comes this idea that we think we know better. And, and we've always been that way. We think like, well, as long as I'm in charge of everything, and if I'm in control of everything, then it's all going to be okay. And again, I ask you tonight, how's that going? See, the problem is, is when, when we think we know better, our way leads to bondage. God had already set up everything perfect, a perfect relationship with Him, that we could come and talk and have a, a great, just a perfect communion with God. I, it's not even imaginable. I mean, just, just think about walking down the street today and God just showing up and saying, hey, what's up? Want to go to Walmart? <laughs> And just that perfectly, and we gave up that because we think we know better. And whenever we get in that spot, whenever we start sitting there saying, okay, God, I, I can do this, I know better than you, every time it leads to bondage. We don't gain control, we lose control. We lose control of our lives, we lose control of our families, we lose control of our world, everything, we lose control. We don't gain control of it. Because we think we know better. The truth is, God's way always leads to freedom. I, I heard it once said that if it wasn't for our sin, for us thinking that we knew better than God, that the, that the Bible would start with a garden and end with a city. And that everything else in between those two places is because we thought we knew better. That doesn't sound like control. I mean, it, it, you look at our world, and for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, we have made policies, and we have made plans, and we have done everything, and we still have all the same problems, and they're growing, because we think we know better. So I ask you, who's really in control? See, because I, there, there's a better way. There's a better way for this. If you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. Starting verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Um, uh, I can't, I mean, how many, I can't go like half a day. <laughs> but but here, here's this picture. Jesus is at the very beginning of his ministry. He's just been baptized, and the Spirit leads him to go away. And he doesn't eat, he doesn't drink. 40 days. Verse 3. It says, then the tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But he answered, It is written, Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. <coughs> then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will give his angels orders concerning you. And they will support you with their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus told him, it is also written, do not test the Lord your God. Verse 8, again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to them, I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, go away, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And then the devil left him, and immediately angels came and began to serve him. You, you, you get this picture of this temptation, like you can be in control. Jesus, just you're hungry. All you got to do is look at the stones and say, bread. But it's a shortcut. You know, just, just, just take care of what you need. Isn't that usually where it starts for us? I've got a need, I've got something, so I'm just gonna I'll just I'll just take care of it. I'll be in control of it. God, thank you, I trust you, but I'm gonna do it my way. And, and then what what's what's the next one? It's he says it takes him up to the pinnacle of the temple, verse five. And said, If you're the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will give his angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against stone. Now, this sounds strange, but actually this, this was like a proof of the Messiah. There were literally people that would climb up to the temple on the highest pinnacle and jump off saying, I'm Messiah! Splat. Guess not. <coughs> How easy would it have been for Jesus just to say, I can just prove this right now, and I don't have to do anything. I don't have to go to the cross. I don't have to do anything. It's good. I'm just going to jump off and let Scripture be fulfilled. But it's written, do not test the Lord your God. Verse 8, and the devil took him in a very high mountain and showed him all the kings of the world. And he said to him, I'll give you all these if you'll just fall down and worship me. You know, I'll do, you can have it all. And how many times do we see shortcuts? How many times do we see things that we say, man, if I'm in control, if I just do this, then maybe this. If, if I just... If I, if, if I have this much money, or if I have this type of house, or if I have this type of job, or if I have this, or if I have... And it's whatever I think that I can control. And it's all an illusion for us. See, what we need to start trusting is God's plan over our impulses. I mean, that's what this journey is about Easter. This is Jesus saying over and over again on a daily basis, not my will, but your will be done. God, not, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And, and we'll see as we march this that he was struck. This wasn't the last time he was tempted. 
I, I guarantee you, when he was sitting in that garden, when we come to Good Friday and we're talking about that cross in the garden, and we talk about the humanity of Christ sitting there saying, God, if the Father, if there's any other way for this to happen, not my will, your will, God. we got to start deciding, is God's way better than my way? Does, does God know better? Can, can I trust that? Listen, if, if you've never read the Bible, just start reading. Like Google Bible Promises. And see how faithful God has been. Can I, can I count on God? Can I trust God? Every promise he's ever made, he's kept. And he continues to keep. He continues to keep. And so the very first idea that if I want to give up control of my life is I have to acknowledge God. I literally have to say, God, your way, not my way. You're God, I'm not. You are sovereign, you are in control. I have to acknowledge that. And it, it's, it's not an easy thing. Especially if you're like me, I'm a guy. I was raised that it's my job to make sure that my family is all taken care of, that everyone is fed, everyone is clothed. It's my job to do all that stuff. And yet it is my responsibility, but it's my, <coughs> my responsibility to trust God that he's going to lead us and provide in such a way that it's going to happen. And so I have to acknowledge every single day, God, your way, not my way. And it's, it's easy as a pastor to get a big head. I mean, I, I talked to one person one day and says, now I understand why they put the stage up so you can look down on everybody. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, it, it's easy to kind of stand up here like, I know all this. I've got it made. I'm... Perfect already. You people should just follow me. I struggle. But it doesn't get any better until I first say, God, you're waiting on my way. The next thing is to seek him. I mean, actually ask him, God, what's your plan? I mean, the verses where Jesus is talking about prayer, where he says, knock and it shall be open to you. Seek and you shall find. You know, Ask and it will be answered. And those things, the actual way that's worded in the Greek is keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking, keep searching, keep finding, keep going, keep going, keep going. It's ongoing that we seek God and his plan. And I'm not saying that you're going to go home tonight and pray and God's going to say, here's the plan for your life, all laid out. Because <laughs> the honest truth is, if God did that, None of us would probably follow through. It would scare us to death. I promise you, when I was 18 years old and felt a call to go into youth ministry and do this, and God said, here's what's going to happen in 2016. I said, God, I, I choose to be a garbage man <laughs> instead. But every day you got you just seek him and he'll ask. Isn't that one of the promises? If you lack wisdom, ask. Listen, God's word has everything we need to know about how to serve and follow God. Now I know there's some people that say, like, just open the Bible, just put your finger right there, and just sit there and just read it and do whatever it says, and that's just good, and it's going to tell you where to go to college and who to marry and what parking place to get. You know? I mean, there's a, I don't I don't think it does all that. But it gives us the understanding of what we need to know about how to know God and how to follow Him. And if you're not 
in his word. You won't survive. You cannot succeed in a life of faith if you're not in his word. I, I love God's word. And we have to seek him in. And I mean, we get the whole picture. Think about Abraham and Moses. They didn't have the whole picture. Think about Paul. All he had was the Old Testament and the letters he wrote. We get the whole picture. And listen, don't don't be those people that just flip over the page and stick your finger and say, that's what I'm going to read. I mean, there's so many tools out there right now for you to really just dive into God's Word. If you're like, man, I don't have a devotional life, download the app. And, and follow one Google reading plan for Bible, and they will give you thousands of things. Get into it. There's this old story. This guy says, listen, I just I just opened my Bible. I put my finger down and said, Judas hung himself. I said, well, that's not good. So I flipped it again, put my finger down again, and said, go and do likewise. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do that. But seek him. Seek, seek godly counsel. And I, I make it a priority in my life to try to surround myself with people that I think are smarter than me. That's why I married her. <laughs> That's why I ask people. I, I'm so want to make sure that we're doing this God's way that I want to seek Him. And then finally, it's it seems ridiculous, but just follow Him. When you know God is saying, "Listen, let go of this and trust me with." You get two choices. Obey and find freedom or disobey and find bondage. I mean, it's that. Listen, I'm a black and white type guy. I, I don't think there's a lot of gray areas in Scripture. I think there's things that we can talk about like how we worship and different stuff. But I think generally it is, it is black and white. And when Jesus says, do this, I think it's just simply for us to say, okay, I'm going to do this. Matthew 16 says, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life because of me will find it. Isn't that what he did for us? He denied himself. When we read this, when we read the passage in Philippians, that Christ, not considering quality God, something grasped, but emptied himself and became humble, and humbled himself and became a man, and became obedient even death, obedience to death on a cross. He could have looked at Satan at any time and said, "Sure, I can do that bread." Then go, "I'm the Messiah." I mean, God, God could rip the roof off right now. And says, "I'm here. Pay attention." And in that same manner, God calls us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross. And I know that this, that doesn't sound appealing. Especially going to Easter, if you understand what the cross means. But if I lose my life, if I lose my way, my control, and give it over to God, because of Jesus, I'll find it. That's what this journey is as we go through.
as we continue to move towards Easter, as we continue to take this path. It is following in the steps of our Savior. Tonight, it's it's not my way, your way. Your control. I give up control. I get. I give up control. I give up control of my finances, God, and I'm going to do it your way. Mm. I mean, that that's why we, we, we do the Dave Ramsey class, to help people understand that if you do things God's way, it leads <coughs> to blessing. It leads to freedom. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give up my way with my kids. I'm going to lead them the way you call me. And I'm going to trust you with them. I'm going, to, I'm going to speak the truth of your word into them every single day. And I'm going to say the name of Jesus, not as a cuss word, but as a life-giving person into their life every single day, God. And I'm going to do it your way. I give up control of that. And I'm going to trust that you raise a child in the way that they should go, that they soon won't depart. That, God, you have a plan for them. And all I have to do is be obedient. I'm going to give up control of my marriage and say, God, I'm going to be the husband that you called me to be. I'm going to lead my wife. I'm going to love my wife. And I'm going to do everything your word says. I'm going to do it your way, not my way. Over the years, I've seen more marriage saved when just the people decide we're going to do it God's way, not our way. I'm going to be the wife that, God, you've called me to be, to support my husband, to encourage my husband. To speak truth into his life. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the teenager God has called me. I'm gonna honor my parents and, and I'm gonna live out my faith as a teenager because there's no such thing as a teenage Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that dwells in every adult dwells in me. If I know Jesus, I'm gonna live that out. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna live out as a child. I'm gonna to listen to my parents, I'm gonna honor them, and I'm gonna do that because God, I'm gonna do it your way, not my way. I'm gonna deny myself and whatever my cross is, and it is different for all of us. I'm going to pick it up every day and I'm going to carry it. Because it is an honor to suffer if it means I suffer for your name. It is an honor if it means I lose my life because I will gain it in you. Whatever you call me to deny myself, to deny control, that's what I do, God. I'm giving it up. And not just because it's Lent. So so many people, so many of us, we get our spiritual fix with Easter and Lent. We give up chocolate, or we give up Coke, or we give up... How about we give up <coughs> control for Lent? For the next few weeks, we're going to just keep talking about things, give up, giving up anger and, and hatred, giving up, giving up you know, our lives, giving up, giving up death itself, which is the Easter celebration. That for everything that God calls us to give up, he wants to give us so much more. And if we would just realize that, we wouldn't have to wait for an Ash Wednesday or Lent or Easter holiday for us to think about it. We would live it. Every single day. What are you in control of tonight? Or what do you think you're in control of tonight? My God is sovereign. There's nothing on this planet that ever takes him by surprise. 
God lives outside of time. He knows the past, present, future. He knows it all. Who better to trust with my life, my family, my everything, and to do it his way, not my way? So that, that's the question. And we want you to experience this. We, we want you to share with it. And so we are going to do kind of something with that. And, and, and my wife, actually, I give her all the credit because she came up with this today. And I was like, this is brilliant. This this looks awesome and everything. But the whole idea is we've entered into Lent. And we're on this journey towards the cross and towards the resurrection. And, and we are celebrating and we are excited about going there. But in the same way, just this idea of what can we do to kind of flesh this out. Um, we, as, as a church, we always want to be like a mission-minded, like, God, how do we flesh this out? How do we make this live out in our day-to-day lives? How do we pass this on to someone? And so um, we came up with this idea called 40 Days, 40 Items. And what it simply says, it says, we have entered Lent. We have a challenge for you. Each day of Lent, remove one item from your house that you no longer wear, want, or need, and put it into this trash bag. At the end of 40 days, donate these items to a family in need or a charity of your choice, or drop it off the church. If you're like, I don't know anybody, I don't know any charities, drop it off here. And so you actually, 40 days starts Monday and ends Good Friday. I counted. So. <laughs> Three times just to double check. <laughs> But, but as families, to experience Lent and experience this idea that I want to start giving things up. I'm going to give up, and I want to do things God way. This is just a little thing that we may be able to bless someone else and may put some flesh into this idea as we travel to Easter. And so they're all back there. They're little trash bags, one per family. A little note on it tells you what to do and everything. And so we want to challenge you to do that. We, we want to encourage you to do that and be a part of that. But tonight, more than anything else, I just want to ask that question one last time. If you were in charge of your life, and you were in complete control, how's it going? How's it going? Because there's a God that says, just give it to me. And that favorite verse... One of my favorite verses is Jesus says, Come up to me, all who are heavy laden. When we're in control, we're so heavy laden with the stresses and the pains of life. Come up to me, take my yoke, Jesus says, for it's easy, and I will give you rest. Tonight, my question for you, very simply, as we go into a time of response, just a time of just thinking about this, what am I holding on to? that I could let go and say, God, your way, not my way. You be in control, and I'll trust you with that. Think about it. Let's pray.